the dear friends, it's week two of Lent. I hope it is the Lenten journey is going well. Perhaps for some of us, this time has been marked with fidelity to our Lenten intentions that we took upon ourselves on Ash Wednesday. Or perhaps for the rest of us or others of us, Maybe there was, some, there was some backsliding, some slipping along the way. But that's, that's normal. As I told a kid last week when he said, oh gosh, I've gotten back, I've eaten candy, although I promised myself I would not. So what do I do? I said, well, start over. As simple as that, right? So, yeah, that's because we are still human. Uh, failures are part of our human journey. But the important thing is, our Lenten journey continues. So last week, we traveled to the desert where Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights and after being tempted by Satan. And today's gospel, as you heard, urges us to get away Jesus to climb a mountain, Mount Tabor. We are told that three of his disciples, Peter, James, and, and John, followed Jesus to the top of the mountain. That is what the journey is about. You know, that's what Lent, I guess, is about. To follow Jesus, who takes us to the strangest places, to mountaintops, into deserts, and, and deep within our souls, if we are willing to listen to him, as Jesus says in today's gospel. But just before this, today's incident in the gospel, Peter, in the name of his fellow disciples, had made a dramatic acknowledgement that Jesus, their teacher, was the Messiah. He was the Christ. Imagine for Peter and the other 11 disciples. It must have been an awesome, heady moment to, for them to realize that they, that these 12 people, were among all their countrymen, the most privileged people, because they were chosen by Jesus, this rabbi everyone was talking about. They were his companions. But one can also imagine what that must have done to them, how they may have begun to have visions of power and glory because of this relationship. But then almost immediately afterwards, the disciples are brought down to earth very rudely because Jesus begins to tell them about what it means to be the companion of the Messiah. That there will be no great palaces for them to live in. There will be no prestigious offices. On the contrary, things from that very moment will go very wrong for Jesus. Jesus, their master, would be hunted by the rulers of his own people. So it is, dear friends, in this context that the scene in today's gospel takes place. Here, 
there up on the mountain, Peter, James, and John have an experience of Jesus, totally transfigured in his appearance. On that mountain, Jesus communicates with the greatest of the prophets of the Old Testament, Moses and Elijah, who represent the law and the prophets. So on that summit, the three apostles see something that their companions did not see. They see the true Jesus. They see the transfigured Jesus. They see Jesus in all his glory. For Jesus, this episode also marks the beginning of a new phase in his life, a new road that he will take. The transfiguration enables Jesus to make the most painful, the most challenging journey in his life, to take the journey that leads to Calvary. Transfiguration. You know, we might think that transfiguration is for Jesus was a one-time event. But, you know, when you actually think about it, it is one that happens over and over again in, in the life of Jesus. You know, what does that word transfigure mean? It means to, to change, to cause to be more exalted, to lift up. Now think of Jesus. That's exactly what he did for people during his ministry here on earth. He transfigured many people, the lonely, the sick, when he forgave them, the lost, when he helped them, helped them find themselves, the brokenhearted, when he touched them and healed them physically and emotionally. He did all this by calling to the deepest part of these people and transfigured them by the power of God's love. The same power that transfigured Jesus himself by the Father. But notice then Peter's reaction to Jesus' transfiguration. What does he want? He feels so good, up, good to be up on that mountain top, and he wants to stay there rather than keep traveling. You know, Peter, I know he, he always get bad press, but you know, but then we all know Peter is, is a guy who's a little impetuous. You know, he gets caught up in the moment, gets carried away by his feelings, and perhaps says the stupidest thing, and he does not think in the long term. Where, whereas Jesus thinks of the larger mission that he has been entrusted with, and in and which involves the cross. I can imagine the frustration Jesus must have felt with Peter and some of the other disciples, despite repeatedly telling them that his mission would entail the cross and the resurrection. Here's Peter wanting to stay 
on top of the mountain and not go back down to the reality of life. And yet Jesus continues to call Peter and the other disciples to continue his mission in this world. You know, someone once said that life is like watching a movie in a movie theater. You cannot cry out during the movie, hey, 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 stop right there because I love this scene. I want to stay in this scene. That's what Peter wants to do. But we cannot do that. The movie goes on. The life, our life goes on. It is always easier, I guess, you know, to stay where you are but that is not how it works. We all know that. Not for the disciples and not for us. And that is why I guess it's important to know where we are going in life. That is what Lent does to us. Through prayer, through fasting, through almsgiving, Lent transfigures us to be the kind of people who God wants us to be. Land transforms us to be our true selves. We are transformed by the power of God's love to be our, our authentic selves. You know, perhaps the most significant line in today's gospel is the opening line, which says, Jesus took Peter, James, and John up to the mountain to pray. Now perhaps you remember another time the same three disciples going apart with Jesus. It is in the Garden of Gethsemane. Three disciples who saw Jesus in all his glory would now witness his agony. Why? You might wonder. Because to endure the latter, they needed the former. So as we, dear friends, enter the second week of Lent, let's ask, what changes have we seen taking place in our lives? I know these are still early days of Lent, but what changes do we still want to make? And what changes are we, perhaps more importantly, afraid of making? And why? You know, we live in a very noisy world. We all know that. We need a place to find calm so we could, hear, we could listen to the voice of God. Where is your quiet place? Think about it. But tonight we come to be nourished, to be transformed by Jesus, so that we can nourish and transform one another, just as Jesus did as we continue our Lenten journey.